the Lord. So we're going to continue this week with what we started. We ended our program talking about repenting. And what I was, I was asking a question, how does a person really know that they are uh, repenting? They have godly repentance. You know, people go through all kinds of things. They, they commit all kinds of sins. They um, reap things that they sowed, they suffer consequences as a result of their sins. And, you know, there are people that repent and ask the Lord to forgive them. But how do you know that they're really serious? I mean, how do you, how do they, how do you know that a person, I mean, I'm not God, and I'm sure only God knows really, but how do you know that a person is not just sorry for their actions, for reaping what they sow, for the consequences that they're suffering right now. They might, they might start out not knowing, but I believe if they're truly sorry, or if they feel some type of remorse and they begin to seek 
the Lord concerning what they've done. And they begin to talk to the Lord about it and to confess that they have erred to the Lord. Just like uh, I had to repent. The Lord tells people all the time, you must repent. Saints repent in order to be received by the Lord. So when you go to God in prayer or when you go before the Lord, you know whether or not you're sorrowful. When you begin to communicate with the Lord, the Lord begins to communicate with uh, you. It's just like he had to communicate with me. And uh, anybody else who has gone to him to repent, the Lord has established that line of communication between him and the person who's emptying their heart and their soul out to him. He's, he's opened up that door and given us that means of uh, authority. He's granted it so that we can go to him and receive. So when, when Esau was repenting, he, he could not say, he could not honestly tell the Lord, I regret selling my birthright. He could not do that. He might could lie to his father, his mother, his brothers, and, and the rest of his kinfolk, but he couldn't lie to the Lord. He couldn't say, Lord, I actually regret selling my birthright because he didn't. So if you've done something, you've committed a sin, and you just tell the Lord, I, I, I'm, I, I wish I had never done it. I wish I had never put myself in this position. I wish I had obeyed you. I wish I had listened to people who had told me not to do things. I wish I, 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 I just wish I had. I mean, is that a form of repentance, correct repentance? I, I believe so, because Esau couldn't say that. He couldn't say, I wish I hadn't sold my birthright because it is precious. He, to his dying day, did, he despised his birthright. So he could not tell the Lord, oh, Lord, I made a mistake. I don't despise my birthright. He would have been lying. He couldn't go to God and say, I regret selling my birthright because it's precious. He would be lying. So even though he was crying and seeking it with tears, he could not stand before the Lord and say, the reason why I'm repenting is because I want my birthright back because it's precious. He couldn't say that because he didn't mean it. He, he, it just wasn't there. He would have to say, Lord, the reason why I want my birthright back is because I want the blessing. All right, so last week we ended the program when you were saying that if Esau had repented the right way, that the Lord would have turned it around. Right, but he couldn't do it because he, he would have to say the birthright means everything to me. But there that. are people that repent now, and, and the one person I think of in the Bible is David when he sinned with Bathsheba, and then he had this baby, and the Lord took the baby, Right. and, and uh, David was repenting, and he was... Fasting and praying and asking the Lord to spare the baby. Right. But the Lord didn't spare the, the, the child. No. So, so the consequences, this is like, you know, you might do something. Like I know this person who attempted suicide and blew half his face off. And, and, and you know, if, if the person, if you approached him on one side, you wouldn't know it. This is, it was like a perfectly symmetrical uh, image, but when he turned around, nobody warned me, nobody told me that the other part of his face was missing. So when he turned around, it, it was like a complete shock. My brain just, you know, short-circuited for a second there because 
Now, if a person gets saved, you might pray the Lord restore the faith, but it might not ever get restored. I, I, to this day, I don't believe it has. So there are consequences for a person's action. doesn't mean that God hasn't forgiven a person. Your soul will be saved, but there are certain things that you might do that you can't reverse, that the Lord won't reverse it, that things just go forward the way they're supposed to go forward. And so the Lord would not allow the child to live. I think it would have done more harm than good because it would have been a living reminder of how sin, how David had sinned, and therefore the son should... Well, I, know, I, know, I can see that that would be a living reminder, but, you know, there are things that people do and, and how they feel, because you don't... When you repent, I don't... Um, and I'm speaking for myself... When you repent, you remember. Yeah, but I'm saying you that, still remember. I remember, but I, and I still feel terribly guilty. Right, but I don't. And think, I can't I, seem to shake that. Right. When um, I was talking about reminder, I was talking about to the people. It was. It almost would seem like he benefited from having sin oh, with somebody's. Oh, I see what you mean. With somebody's uh, wife, but yeah, there's things. That I feel guilty about too. This is what I tell the Lord. He's the only one that could bless me to get over the guilt and the shame, and to bless me to forgive myself. Yeah, and that's a hard thing. Yeah, that's a hard thing. And I, I'll tell the Lord. I know you've forgiven me. I know that, and I know you hear my prayer. I know that, and I know what your word says. That if I know that you hear me, I, I, I have the petition that I put before you, but. The hardest part is to be able to forgive myself. Right. And so I tell the Lord, you know, you, you have to help me to see things differently so I'm not always looking at the shame or the guilt of something so that I can get past that and put my mind and my eyes on you, on something. Because otherwise what, you, what you're feeling like is that you're in prison. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. You're or like in a spider web and you can't, you're stuck in that... Uh, web and there's it's so sticky and you just can't get out or you're I, I mean I come up with a lot of these things when I tell the Lord I just mm -hmm. feel like I'm I'm not just in a web but I can't find the door I'm in a maze and mm -hmm. I can't find the way out of the right. it's like I'm I'm held prisoner right and I can't make myself feel uh good about it because the Lord says like, if, if you've done something and you know that you were at fault and, and you suffered consequences, there's no glory in it. So, I, so there's nothing that I can do to make myself feel better about it. But I know that the Lord can do it. And I believe that's why he tells us whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are a good report, everything's are pure. We start to think on those things. We start to make melody in our heart towards the Lord so that the anointing of the Lord can, can move those thoughts and those feelings of guilt away from us. I, I, I don't think the Lord intends for us to dwell on that because within ourselves we don't have the power to overcome it. Okay, so it, there's the scripture when it's talking about communion. And it's we're first uh, Corinthians, I think it is. And Remember chapter 23. And it and it talks about when people take communion, they don't regard what God has done for them. They don't regard, um, it's almost like crucifying him all over again. Like if you, if you sin and you take communion, 
um, I forget the exact words. It's uh, for this reason because they don't regard that many are sick and weak or sickly among you. Because they don't examine themselves. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Not discerning the Lord's body. Not, right, not discerning the Lord's body. So if they take communion and they're in the state of sin, you just don't discern the body and blood of Jesus. But I don't believe and saints are in a state of sin. I mean, we. I mean, I read this, and I. And this is what I think. Mm-hmm. I read this, and this is what I think. And it says that because people don't discern it, they are sick and weak, and many sleep. Mm-hmm. But so if they become, if they are in, if they are in the state of sin and they take communion, and they become afflicted because the Lord said that they would be either sick or afflicted. But, but a person or, can't, yeah, but you can't, a lot of people can't say, well, the reason why I'm afflicted is I must have taken communion and not, I must not have been worthy. That's not how you can apply that logic. When you take communion, you know within yourself whether or not you love the Lord. You know within yourself whether or not you're putting God first in your life. You know within yourself whether or not uh, the Lord is first in your life and that you love God with all your heart and all your soul, all your mind. You know this. And just like a person knows if they're hypocritical, because I know somebody who was doing that, and then they ended up taking uh, the communion. They know. They know whether or not. All right, explain that. What hypocriting? Right. They knew that they weren't saved. And they knew that they were given the impression that they were saved. They knew that they didn't love the Lord with their whole heart. They knew they were doing those things that were sinful. They knew it, but they went and they took it anyway. And that's what the Lord was saying. You drink and you examine yourself and you know that you don't love me. You know that you're sinning, but you want to give the impression that you. Are, are living for the Lord. So there are people who do that. And so the Lord said, so what happens? You know, the prayers are hindered, the, the lives are hindered, the deliverance that they could receive, that's hindered because they don't take the communion seriously. They don't, they don't know the power behind uh, taking the uh, body and blood of the Lord. They don't, they don't see it. They'd be like Esau, they don't see it. They just don't regard it. They don't recognize the, the power behind it. So when a saint examines themselves and they determine within themselves, Lord, I'm going to live for you, Lord. All right, so you're saying that at the, at the time, you examine yourself before you take communion and then you repent and then you go forward and receive communion? Right. If you, have, if you feel like within yourself that you've done something that requires you to tell the Lord, forgive my every wrong in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see and you know my heart, and you be like Peter, Lord, you know whether or not I love you. I believe I love you. Lord, you know, you see. It's not my way, not my will, but your will. You know when you open up your heart to the Lord because he told you. So let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread okay. and drink of that blood. All right, so using that as an example... How do you know that you're repenting for real? I mean, how do you know that because there's just not because, words? Because you know your you, heart. You know your heart. See, you, 
what you tell other people on the outside, or how you communicate with people uh, that are around you, when it's just you, yourself, and the Lord, you know within your heart, when you're saying, when you're talking and you're looking at yourself and there's nobody else around that you have to answer to, you know whether or not you're sorrowful or whether or not you're being truthful. You know, and the Lord will communicate with you. The Lord will talk with you. The Lord will acknowledge that you are praying. The Lord will not leave you out there. So how do you know the Lord is, is talking to you? you? How do you know that the Lord is... Because you know the Lord. Lord knows how to reach a person. It's not like you're talking to yourself. God, who has created us, he knows how to reach a person. He knows how to communicate with a person. He knows how to let a person know his presence. He knows how to let a person feel his anointing. He, and then I don't care what people say when they, when they think that you're talking off the wall when you say, I hear the, the, the Lord saying, the Lord will communicate with your heart because when you pour out your heart into the Lord and you're serious, and you're giving God the glory, and you're telling the Lord as best as you know how that, that you're sorry, and you need, your, need his help, and you need his guidance, he will communicate with you. He won't just leave you out there talking as if you're talking to yourself. The Lord just doesn't do it. So is there something wrong when a person keeps repenting for the same things over and over and over again. It's, it might be something wrong in the sense that they shouldn't have to, but there's nothing wrong to keep repenting. Because if the Lord tells us as, as saints that we have to forgive 70 times 7, when we go to the Lord, he does it infinite times. The risk is if a person consciously knows that they're doing something wrong and they do it at a time where they might be out of the will of God, they might not have enough time to get back into the will of God. That's, that's the risk that a person is taking. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, I know that a person, if a person repents and they get saved, but they can't forget what they did and they just keep repenting for all the things. You know, it's like the enemy keeps bringing things back. I think to I think that's what, your mind. Yeah, what you've done years ago. Then then, um, then you have to give them the word. That's when you have to lift up the uh, sword, the spirit of. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like, how do you know that you've really repented? Because that God that has keeps saved. Coming? No, because God has saved an individual. When God saves you, He has forgiven you. You're repenting because you're not forgiving yourself. You might be still asking God. Uh, to forgive you, but once he's give, saved you and you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're forgiven. You have to, a person has to forgive themselves, so when they keep repenting, they're not repenting for God to forgive them, they're repenting because they're feeling guilty themselves. Because God has already done the forgiving. There's just no way once he has given you his spirit that he hasn't forgiven a person, because he says so. So now when a person still feels guilty about it, it's like they need some type of closure for themselves. Mm-hmm. So how do you get that closure? I, I, I believe you have to take the word of God, the sword of spirit. I believe you have to actually, when the enemy brings those things, you have to start saying, yeah, but I'm free. Yeah, I did that, but I know one thing, God has forgiven me. And so even if I haven't forgiven myself and I know that the Lord has forgiven me, then you have to start thinking on whatever things are lovely. You have to start telling the Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, I, I acknowledge you and I know your promises. You kept 
every promise that you made, and you had to start using that sword. That's what he gave it to us for, to use. This is our weapon of offense and defense, and so we have to go on the offense when the enemy comes. So what I'm thinking of is something that I have done to someone and many years ago, and um, I repented about it, and I wish I had never done it. I uh, tell the Lord I wish I had never done it, but um, the person hasn't forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, mm-hmm. right? They might not. But here's the thing: it comes to my mind all the time. Yeah, but you know, sometimes we feel bad because the other person is so adamant in their anger. They make us feel guilty about their wrong. Now, I know somebody who's very good at doing this, and then I have to catch myself because when they do that, we feel. They feel so well, indignant. Right, they, right. They, it, it was a situation where they're so they indignant. Weren't, they weren't right, and they were stubborn. Right. And but then they get so indignant with with what has happened to them, they make you feel bad about doing the right thing. But I was. I mean, the moment that it happened, I was. I wish it had never happened. Yeah, but we no, can't. And we in can't. the middle of the situation, I tried to stop it. Yeah, but still, if if it's the right thing to do. If a person tries to make you feel guilty about knowing that you did the right thing, and so they haven't forgiven a person for doing the right thing, it's like you have to look that devil in the eye and say, I'm not taking down simply because you're so angry because I did the right thing. It says, then you just have to go on about your business. So that doesn't mean that you haven't repented? No, and it doesn't mean that you should have. See, it, to me, it's fruitless to repent for something that you didn't do wrong. That's kind of... I mean, so what do you do with the feelings when you feel bad you about compare something? To, you compare to God's word and say, Lord, I'm standing on your word. You use the sword. You say, I'm standing on your word. And say, so I'm not going to stand on my feelings. I'm not going to stand on some... And definitely not the uh, feelings of the unrighteous. I'm not going to stand on their feelings. Lord, I'm going to stand on your word. I regret that it happened, but... I, the way I look at it, when the Lord said the things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, you can only imagine <laughs> what could have happened if you hadn't done it. I listen to people say that, um, you know, they have no regrets. I have no regrets. I have lots of So regrets. do I. But I take those regrets and I say, well, Lord, you're the only one who can bless me to forget, to let go of the guilt and the shame, and forgive myself. So going backwards now, back to what I was talking about, you reap what you sow. You suffer consequences from actions that you take, whether it's out of stupidity or, or you just didn't want to listen to anybody. And you're suffering consequences because of that. And you've repented. Um, but you still think of things that you lost out on because if you had never done certain things, you wouldn't have suffered consequences. And that, that almost be. seems irreversible. 
but are we talking about done things before or after we were saved? Yeah, are we talking about looking at I mean, there are some things that you do after you're saved that aren't exactly sin, I don't think. No, I don't. I, I believe there's saints when and you that still the Lord prevents us. Reap yeah, you still consequences. You still reap consequences, but the Lord guides us. So even when He chastises us, even when we make mistakes, I mean, it, there are some things that you do before you're saved, and then there are things that you do after you receive after, salvation. Right, right. And so now, after we receive salvation, and we make mistakes because the Lord chastises us because of it, but once we're we're done with being chastised and corrected and shown the right path because the Lord does it so that we won't fall, so that we won't sin, then those outcomes, whatever, even, even, even the bad outcomes, they, the Lord makes it so they work together for the good. It doesn't feel good at the time, but the Lord fixes it so that it works for our good. And therefore, when we are being attacked by the enemy, we got to fight with the word of God. We got to take the sword. Because the enemy has no defense against God's word. And that the Holy Ghost will actually begin to comfort us in his word. And the Holy Ghost, that's what the comforter will do. It's, Lord, it doesn't feel like it, but I know that there has to be a release because you said so. And so then we have to think about God's promises, and then we have to think about the authority that he's given us. He's given us the authority to have peace. He's given us the authority to praise him. He's given us the authority to move forward. We have that authority. And so the enemy would try to keep us bound. And that's when we recognize it's the enemy. Well, so the bottom line is that you know that you're uh, repenting because you regret what you do? Because you regret for you, being disobedient to the Lord? You And you go to the Lord with an honest heart, and you let the Lord know that you are sorry. And you really, if you know that you're repenting for the wrong reason, when you actually go to God with an honest heart, you'll know that you're repenting for the wrong reason. And it's okay to say, get me out of this mess I yes. created? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, that's going to conclude our program for this week. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Psalms chapter 51 and 1 and 51 and 10. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thine tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was... Should a hard-working believer say, I obtained wealth by the works of my own hands? And the answer is no. The answer can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18, which reads, And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. 
But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. This week's food for thought is, when the disciples and Jesus were in a ship, when a great tempest arose and covered the ship with waves, and the disciples were afraid, why did Jesus say to them that they were fearful? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.